Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Lots of pomp and lots of ceremony in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, with uh, President Trump and uh, King Salman signing all sorts of deals, and uh, the president being greeted with dignitary status. No issues with President Trump in Saudi Arabia. Lots of issues with President Trump in the United States. We'll talk about that in the next hour. Lots to talk about. By the way, I looked at a story about half an hour ago that had to do with, you can guess it, with uh, Donald Trump's issues over the last couple of weeks anyway, and not one person in that story was named. There were quotes. There were um, uh, lines that said uh, such and such a person said that, but he wanted to remain unnamed or anonymous. Whatever happened to just crediting your sources or identifying your sources, particularly for a news story? Washington Post ran one. 30, 30 unnamed sources in one story. And they said that turned it into a good story. It might have, but it's not necessarily an accurate news story. We'll be speaking with a um, media ethics professor from the University of Minnesota. And our frequent guest on issues like this, Jane Kirtley, will be with us later on on the show. And, of course, we'll have your phone calls. Abdurrahim Fukara will be with us, Washington Bureau Chief of Al Jazeera. He uh, will speak about the President of the United States in the Middle East after visiting uh, Saudi Arabia. President Trump will go to Israel. He'll probably again get a very warm welcome. A lot of talk this weekend, appropriately so, about what happened at a Toronto Blue Jays and Atlanta Braves game. And you know, I'm sure that you followed it. I'm sure that you have an opinion on it. What Kevin Pillar shouted at a Braves relief pitcher was a homophobic slur. And it was impossible to miss if you watched it on television. And uh, what has happened since then is that Kevin Pillar has been suspended for two games. Many people feel it should have been more. But he has also very contritely apologized. And we'll pay you a little bit of the apology shortly. But he's very contritely apologized. Didn't try to make excuses. Said, I'm 100% wrong. And that's the right thing to do. But I want to introduce you to Brian Kitts. He is the president and co-founder of You Can Play. And You Can Play was founded uh, by Mr. Kitts and uh, by Brian Burke, the former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, Mr. Burke's son, Patrick. 
after the death of his other son, Brendan, who died at 21 years of age in a car crash. And Brendan had earlier come out and said he was gay. And I, I would imagine, Brian, thank you very much for taking the time. And even though it was hugely objectionable what uh, what Kevin Pillar did, it has to be it has to be gratifying to see the response from the players. They challenged him right away on the field. The response from the team to suspend him. The response from Major League Baseball. There's just been a universal condemnation of what Kevin Pillar did, and he did not try to hide and didn't try to say, "Look, it was the heat of the moment." He just said, "I'm wrong." Yeah, that's yeah, one of those things where I think uh, athletes, specifically, and sports in general, have moved into a situation where. Uh, whether it's race or religion or sexual orientation, gender identity, uh, you don't say those sorts of things because they hurt your teammates, they hurt your fans. And somebody like Kevin uh, did the right thing by uh, owning up to it and talking about how to make it better. Yeah, and if, if kids were watching that game, they clearly would have been aware of, of what was said. And the impression that athletes make on kids is something that is – can last with them for a lifetime. And to, to, to see him and hear him say what he said, and then to hear the apology, that will make an impression on the little guys and gals too, which is incredibly important. Remind us, please, of, of, of how uh, You Can Play came about, and what were your objectives going in, and five years later, I, have you surpassed what you thought you might have within the first five years of the organization? Yeah, I think you summed up the way that we got started pretty easily. I think, you know, Patrick Burke and I both had younger brothers who were gay and uh, were willing to walk away from their sports because they were afraid of the way they might be treated in a locker room. Um, you know, it's not something that you expect to do as part of your volunteer life, but we saw a chance to start a discussion about the way that athletes treat each other. And, you know, once we started that discussion, we found that there were a lot of athletes you know, somebody like Brooks Orpik in the NHL who said not all athletes are homophobic and it's time for that stereotype to change. And so all we really wanted to do was start those discussions within teams, within uh, leagues and, and sports in general about focusing on a talent uh, or somebody's skill rather than whether they're gay or straight. And, yeah, I think that we did start that discussion. Um, but then I think that you see that whether it's Andrew Shaw in the NHL last year or Kevin Pillar, you know, this week, we've still got work to do. And, you know, it's a long game, and, and we're, I think we are prepared for that, and I think sports is prepared for it. I meant to ask you, how often does a Kevin Pillar moment happen in pro sports, but just isn't caught on cameras and microphones? And, and if it does happen, are players and teams largely self-policing now in 2017? I think they are self-policing, and I think it's, you know, fortunately, it doesn't happen that often. I think that it happens a lot more in a couple of places that we care about, and that's locker rooms. Um, you know, the way that especially kids, whether in high school or younger, the way that, uh, you know, you talk to each other can make a difference, and it does draw some uh you know, that does have a chance to hurt some athletes in the way that they might participate in sports. Uh, the other thing is in arenas. You know, you could never get away with a racial slur in, a, in an arena right now without those sitting around you reacting. But, you know, homophobic slurs still get tossed out pretty regularly. And so we really 
you know, we want to make people aware that, you know, it's inappropriate and it does hurt people, uh, you know, in ways that you can't necessarily measure, as Patrick and I both saw with our younger brothers. Are there certain sports where it's more accepted in the locker room and on the field if a player is gay? Not necessarily. I think that a lot of this comes down to, you know, the way that you interact with your teammates in general. And I don't think that it's a sport-by-sport thing. I do think that it's a matter of, you know, athletes taking the responsibility to be out and let their teammates know that they have contributed and that, you know, these are guys who were your friends yesterday and just because you know something a little different about them today hasn't changed the way that they play hockey or basketball. And so, you know, it's the way you react as a teammate, not necessarily on a sport-by-sport basis. Still rare for an athlete to say, and maybe it's more difficult or more challenging. I don't know what the word is necessarily. Maybe it's challenging. It, 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 I, I think you hear more about female athletes who will say that they are gay than male athletes. That is that a fair statement? It's just an observe an observation. Yeah, I think that uh, it might be fair. I think it also might be a little bit of stereotyping that we all do. Um, I think there's an assumption that male athletes are straight, and there are some assumptions that female athletes are lesbian. And you know, I think that the work that we've done, uh, and this is, you know. This is said by guys who have had, had not had a lot of experience with uh, women's athletics. Uh, you know, we were taken to task uh, early on, and, you know, we're told pretty bluntly that, uh, you know, those stereotypes are, are wrong. Um, so, you know, I think that this is, you know, these are human issues, and it's just a matter of, I think, society moving on and, um, teams moving on and actually having these discussions. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking more. I wasn't thinking along the lines that, that that the male athletes aren't necessarily gay and, and female athletes maybe. I was thinking that maybe women are more willing to um, to express who they are, what they are, what their sexual orientation is, than a male athlete. A male athlete may feel that there's going to be more stereotyping of him, or it may affect his career if he admits to being gay? Yeah, I think that could be. And I think that for whatever reason, there's a lot more media attention that is put on male athletes who come out. And I think that's one of the things that we wish didn't happen. Um, you know, I think you look at you know guys like Michael Sam, who, whether it was in the NFL or the CFL, you know, the amount of media pressure that's on one individual at one time, I think, you know, I don't think any of us would be interested in putting up with that. And so I think that that male athletes are under that uh, microscope a little more intently. And so that may be where a lot of these impressions come from. When you started out um, with You Can Play, was there any concern that maybe it wouldn't be accepted, that, 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 that what you were trying to accomplish would not be possible given what people, you know, what people, how people express themselves to each other. Was there any doubt that, that you'd have the kind of success that you've had in the five years you've been in existence? I think we assumed that there that we wouldn't uh, that there wouldn't be this type of success. Um, you know, when we started, we were hoping that we could get uh, five or six NHL players 
uh, to go on camera and make a video for us. And we were willing to start the discussion that way and uh, call it done. Um, I think that once that, you know, once our first video came out with several of the NHL All-Stars, that I think whether it's timing or where we were as societies, it was a discussion that people were willing to have. And, you know, here we are five years later and have formal relationships with the NHL and the CFL. And, you know, the NFL has been great to us and the Canadian Olympic Committee, um, you know, hockey in, in all of its forms. And, you know, it just felt like uh, sort of that next step in, e- in equality. And, you know, I think our message was simple, too, that your sexual orientation shouldn't matter as long as you can contribute to your sport uh, or your, your team's success. And, you know, that's an easy thing to understand, regardless of whether you've thought about LGBT issues or not. You know, it's all in the context of sports and winning. Yeah, and Brian, I remember 1995, the Ontario provincial election was actually turned, I think, on the question, on a question about um, about uh, uh, gay marriage. It, it it essentially created the the uh, the landscape for the Liberal Party's loss in the province of Ontario because they got caught up in the question of of gay marriage. And now, you know, 22 years later, in the province of Ontario and in Canada, nobody really talks about it anymore. In, in general society, it's just the way it is. You know, people are who they are. Yeah, and I think that, again, like I said a few minutes ago, we look at this as a long game. And, you know, understandably, it takes people's, especially masses of people's, time to change their minds. And so I think issues of race and gender and uh, homosexuality, you know, people get used to it the more they think about it. And the more people they know who might be uh, from the LGBT community, um, it's slow but steady process or progress. And I think that that's one of the things that uh, we recognize and appreciate. Brian, thanks for the time. Uh, co-founder and president of You Can Play. Well done. Good, good work over five years. And there has been a societal change. And to hear... To hear a Kevin Pillar speak as, as directly, as forthrightly as he did about, about what he did is going to go a long way, particularly with young athletes. Thanks, Brian. All the best. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, uh, Brian Kitts is the uh, president co-founder of You Can Play. 1-800-263-2428 is my number. We have a couple of minutes for some calls. And my question to you is, if you are a gay person, are you noticing and have you noticed over the last number of years that there is a greater societal acceptance of who you are. You don't have to hide who you are. You are who you are. 1995, again, the provincial election in Ontario almost hinged on the question of gay marriage. If you're a gay person, do you find that society accepts you for who you are? Or is that an illusion? 800-263-2428. We'll come right back.